You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, what's going on? How we doing, Chris? I'm feeling good, man. How are you? Doing well. I can't wait to talk about this for one second longer. After the Matt Stafford-Jared Goff trade, Mm-hmm. Michael Brockers tweeted out Matthew Stafford is a real upgrade from Jared Goff. Since then, Michael Brockers has been traded to the Detroit Lions where his quarterback is once again Jared Goff. I love this so much. <laughs> Talk about awkward locker room and uh, um <laughs> just explain to everyone else what you meant so we can be prepared. I think there's a way to spin this to say, look, I just know some things about Jared that you guys don't know, and I'm willing to work with Jared uh, to to make it a good stay in Detroit. Just spin it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how well that's going over. To be honest with you, <laughs> how are how are you feeling about the Lions' move so far? I am very 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 uh, glad we got uh, Romeo back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good get. Good contract. Three thirty nine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not mad at all. So from there, you know that's that's where my encouragement stands yeah uh, i think i mean it's gonna have to be coupled with the draft as far as what, what, what our complete outlook but uh knowing that you're losing your your two wide receivers i think that's a pretty pretty big thing to to solidify that d-line yeah it seems like i mean both well galladay's unsigned and and jones signed a really good contract with the jaguars that was a that was a weird one i think you i think i saw you tweet something along the lines of looking for a contender huh uh, <laughs> Signed with the Jaguars like two fourteen or something like that. Really good deal for for the Jags in this wide receiver market, but yeah, did not exactly get the contender that he was saying he was looking for. Yeah, and it, it's one of those. Um, to me, it mm-hmm. feels like one of those, like when you're courting, you know, kind of in this weird limbo stage with a, a a young lady, and you're just like, look, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not, and then two months later, you pop up in a relationship, or a week later, or two. And it's like yeah. I just wasn't ready for a relationship with you. I didn't necessarily want a contender. <laughs> I just didn't want to be a, a, on a non-contender in Detroit. That's yeah. <laughs> now you're on a non-contender in a better climate. Exactly. So con- <laughs> congratulations for that. I guess um, we have to talk about New England. They they done go gone crazy. This is one of the weirdest starts to free agency that I've ever seen. It's such an un-Bill Belichick start. Is there any way to to view this except for through the lens of, well, I'm going to show Tom that I didn't need him? That's what it feels like. And as much as it's, uh, okay, great, the the pieces are moving, it does seem a little bit beneath Bill to to even put this feeling of, I have to to show Tom in the Mm. air. But we all feel it. And um, I still don't think, with all that said, I don't think he's, they're a little bit closer, but they're not that much closer. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of outlets had them as one of the big losers for the first day of free agency, because they just seem to spend money for the sake of spending money and uh, beginning pre-free agency with the decision to bring back Cam Newton for another year. I mean, technically it's like a one. It's like a five point five million dollar deal, but I think it can go up to thirteen five with incentives. That's just that's kind of bonkers. It's 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 weird for me. Uh, yeah, one five that can go up can go up to around thirteen with incentives. Mm-hmm. Bonkers to me 
to think like, oh, all right, well, we're in the negotiating room. This guy threw for 2,600 yards, more interceptions than touchdowns. Give him a 300% raise. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some nuance around that. He is likely promising that he is healthy, that yeah. he need, it will, will absolutely uh, take a hold of the leadership role with the a whole offseason. I think there's a couple of things that happened uh, in, in conversation. I, and no one will question Cam's work ethic. Yeah. I don't think that. So there's that. The money, eh, I guess there was a, a bar that Cam wasn't willing to go under and the Patriots were agreed. For, you know, so that that's fine. The mutual respect is there. Do I think it's a good move? I do. I don't think Cam is done. I don't know if they, the way the things are looking, I don't know if it'll change outside of the fact that he'll have the the whole off season in in a year in mm-hmm. the system. But I mean, looking at the names, like you said, just signing guys to sign them. I mean, what what is the difference between Nelson Aguilar running? wide open and dropping it or, or and, and, and having a guy having no separation at all and not completing it. Yeah. You know, these are the things that are still going to end up being um, losses or uh, attributed <laughs> to losses. So I, I just, you know. Well, I think the difference is that Cam doesn't, Cam no longer has the arm strength to get Nelson the ball deep for him to drop it. There's that thing too, where, you know, we can say, you know, the, the scheme, they schemed his, um, his completions to behind the line of scrimmage or two or three yards past the line of scrimmage. But we could also say they see something in practice that we don't yeah. and, are, and are making the safe throw. But yeah, there's a lot we're going to have to wait and see about. Um, but one thing we do know for sure is that some of these guys aren't going to play outside of themselves. So it, they still need a lot of help. Yeah. Cam's a weird guy and it, it's tough to view him from the outside looking in because I think he's one of those guys like Odell where there's this notion that they're kind of divas, but their teammates universally love them. Their coaches universally love them. They're hard workers in the in the room. It's just they they uh, their antics sometimes cast them in a different light than what the reality is. Absolutely, and that's part of it, you know. And and, and we're shifting we're shifting the the con- narrative control uh from specifically um media to you know players can have their own quote unquote media outlet just if, as long yeah. as their social media accounts have enough followers they can you know do a lot of that work themselves so i think that's that weird twinge where no you still play for the shield there's still this whole idea of of no one's bigger than that and you know really the league not having a choice so then you mix that and you'll get, you know, uh, <laughs> you'll get this guy isn't 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 a, is a distraction or this guy yeah. is a little bit too much, a little too brash. But when in reality, you know, the football specific stuff, there's literally absolutely no problem. Well, it's narrative, right? To have a hero, you need a villain. Exactly. Exactly. And what easier a way to paint someone a villain is someone that talks a lot and yeah, and, and dresses the, a certain way. Exactly. And the more you talk likely the more uh you know the more front uh front page stuff you'll you'll be able to provide the more stuff for the media to, to skew mm. or some sometimes you will just absolutely say a dumb thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean this guy cares more about his shoes than football and it's just uh, it's not the case but we need to talk about something. So that's what we do. Um Weird offseason, though, for the weird, weird offseason for the Patriots. They make a deal to bring Trent Brown back from the Raiders, but 
they let Joe Thune, David Andrews go via free agency, and they trade Marcus Cannon away. So I feel like there's still a net negative on the offensive line, and that's a unit that wasn't great to begin with. They go out, they sign two of the top 15 free agents on this list I'm looking at at CBS Sports. Both of them are tight ends in Hunter Henry, 375, and Jonu Smith, who got uh, who got 450, so basically exactly the same AAV. Mm-hmm. They go out, they sign Nelson Aguilar for, quote, I don't know, reasons. They they sign Kendrick Bourne for, again, reasons. They sign Matthew Judon from the Ravens for 456. Uh, they they sign Jalen Mills from the Eagles for, you know, I think he, they, he got uh, like 24, 424 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, such just an incredibly, incredibly bizarre day. I just I don't I don't get what they were thinking and I don't I don't understand if you're going to spend effectively 20 million dollars a year on wide receivers why is Kenny Galladay or Curtis Samuel not a New England Patriot? I just don't understand it and tied in as much, as important as it is right now isn't a personnel fit for how we know Cam has worked in the past again right. Greg Olson is is almost a, a one off so you yeah. can't really compare many guys to him so that aside you know, personnel-wise, it doesn't fit. Scheme-wise, yeah, years ago, the right. Patriots were tight end heavy, uh, and it made sense. But again, generational talents we're talking about. Yeah, that so, worked out really well. But granted, there's a documentary about one of them. Exactly. So I just, I'm not sure. And I mean, to be fair, to be fair, top-graded free agents, a lot of the, the, the top tight ends were taken care of. You know, like I, I will say that a lot of the the top tight ends that are going to make an impact weren't even on the market. They were taken yeah. care of prior to this. So I'm not really feeling like, okay, you got the top tight end means you have a top tight end. Yeah. Hunter, I mean, look, they signed two good tight ends. They did not. These guys are not Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or somebody like that. But they got two good tight ends. Neither one of them is. All right. I, I guess the easiest apples to apples comparison is if we're assuming Gronkowski is the the outlier, neither one of these is Aaron Hernandez as a second option. Exactly. Exactly. And that's going to have to mean something if if we're agreeing that Cam may not be done, but is not who he, he was, not on an yeah. MVP level. So what are we going to do when we really have to stretch this field? If, if we're talking about, you know, when they brought in Damian Harris, who was another guy who's an edge guy, edge slasher, so not really speed guy, but mm-hmm. and also doesn't pound. So if we're talking about a stack box and a, a running quarterback, and then you got your tight ends that may be able to slip behind some of this stuff, you're really still not spreading the field and giving yourself a chance. And, and maybe that's why for a half a second, the Algal, uh, Nelson Aguilar's signing was important. But <laughs> I think I think um, we're, it's it's recency bias in the in the fact that Bill Belichick is buying, and not the fact that he was ran out of uh, run out of town. You know, pretty yeah. not too long ago. I recall so like, we <laughs> I ran him out. Someone would. <laughs> it was me who actually did yeah. the chasing. No, and so I'm just uh, the Patriots have a lot to figure out. You know, out of the guys who uh, opted out defensively, what's that going to look like? I just I'm just curious. And and you're right. It's really interesting. You know, uh, much to much to do about nothing to me, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking because I I just. I keep hearing this notion that Hunter Henry can function as an inline blocker because we know Johnny Smith, that's not what he does. Johnny Smith's a pass catcher and he's a guy who can get down the seam a little bit. But I just, I've, I've never thought of Hunter Henry as a guy who was like, all right, 
He's going to be the guy who stays in the chip. He's helping out the tackles. He, like he's a pass catcher. He, that's what that's what he signed up for, and that's what I guarantee they signed him up for. Now, of course, the Patriots are going to make him quote unquote well rounded, meaning just be willing. But that willingness is only going to go so far, especially if the guys on the outsides aren't doing their job. And I have no faith in that right now. But I, who I do have faith in is Bill Belichick. So as much as I'm not mm. complaining, but seeing it for what it is, I am not writing them off just yet. I mean, the biggest of those two quote unquote blockers is is Henry at 250 pounds. And that's just that doesn't feel right. But I guess it's also the way the league is skewing. I think you made a really interesting point with a running quarterback. Like, what are you doing bringing more more attention to the middle of the field with a running quarterback? Yeah, I just don't. I'm just not understanding. And and we saw, you know, when Cam was his healthiest with the Patriots the, through the first five games, that was a key component of the offense. Yeah. You know, they they were they are QB they are QB powers. You know, we're running that play. And so if you're talking about guys that you want to win at the second level in the pass game, you're not really eliminating them uh, by 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 having this run first or running quarterback, you're not helping yourself. And Cam can't take the shots. We know it for a fact. He's not taking these shots. So I really need to know what's about to happen. Yeah, it's just weird fits, seemingly clunky fits. I get that Aguilar is kind of, kind of a field stretcher, but only kind of. It's just weird to me that they would go Aguilar and spend that money instead of Take a gamble on Will Fuller, a guy who we know can stretch the field. Take a take a gamble on Curtis Samuel, a guy who seems like he was tailor-made to play in that Patriots offense with how multi, uh, multi-dimensional multi he is on offense. Or just go get the best guy available, even if he is a little bit redundant with Enkeel Harry and Jacoby Myers and Kenny Galladay. Don't don't settle for Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. That That is not going to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl next year. Not at all, and I forgive me. Uh, Kendrick Bourne for eliminating you out of this conversation, um, but also you as well aren't going to cut it. So no. I want to make sure that I'm not excluding you in terms of what the offense needs. You're a very you know high level high level talent that you've made it I to guess. the league. I think you're but, being kind. <laughs> he did in fact not make it to the league. We can agree on that. Yeah, but at the end of that, I don't I don't know if I don't know if high level talent. He is a high level talent compared to uh, I compared to me. I won't even put that on you. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it was a weird day for New England. But with yeah. that said, you know, all, all that money they've spent and they can still technically afford to add Deshaun Watson and a couple more free agents comfortably under their salary cap if they, if they wanted to go that route. So I, I don't, I don't think we've seen the end of uh, Bill and his free agent spending. Exactly. I, all that to say, it's not over, and we can never really expect a splash signing, yeah. but one that makes sense, a lot of sense, has to be on the horizon. You would certainly think so, um, but you know, free agency is also not the way to effectively build football teams, and I, I don't think you need a better example of that than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since 2011, they have spent $1.4 billion in free agency, $1.4 billion with a B, and in that time, they've <laughs> lost 75% of their games. Yeah, I mean, it's not baseball. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't just be the Yankees. Well, that was funny. When, when the Yankees were spending you know, the, the, their max around that time, they still mm. weren't winning much. So Fine, you can't just be the Dodgers. Is. There we go. There we go. 
Yeah, can't just go out and you're like, ah, we won. We're the best team in baseball. Let's go get the best pitcher in free agency and bring Trevor Bauer in to be our our th- number three. <laughs> that's that's fine, right? That's yeah, baseball is baseball's competitive. Um, Galladay definitely the best free agent available at this point. You, he's been tied to the Giants. Do you like that fit? No, I, I kind of spoke to it on Twitter actually a little bit. I don't like the fit one just because it's gonna disappoint. It's gonna be disappointing. Uh, yeah. Not to um, not to be able to be the vocal point. That's just not what um, when the offense calls for, and it's not what Danny Dimes is mm-hmm. known for at this point. He's really uh, still playing a, a poor man's uh, Josh Allen football, and you're <laughs> not going to get you know high volume catches. He will get his his uh, jump balls, I'm sure, but not at the same volume. And you mix that with uh, the highs and lows of NFC East woes which is being in contention not being contention as opposed to kind of knowing when you're not in contention yeah with the lions i think i mean it'll have an effect on the game it sounds silly but those are the type of things that you have to have a different type of mental fortitude for and so i hope the check if if it is the giants i hope the check means as much to to him as is uh i would want it to because it's going to be tough sledding yeah, I, I think the self-awareness of knowing whether or not your team is a contender that year is an incredibly important one. And God, I, I saw an article earlier today from Jason Lockenfora, who I'm not the world's biggest fan of, but this it terrified me because allegedly uh, Philadelphia Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie is behind the scenes pushing very, very hard to go out and make a deal for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and like, it's look, as much as I would love having Deshaun Watson on my football team, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, I, I know this division stinks, but what is the benefit? Uh, assuming let's, let's say that the starting cost on a trade for Watson is Jalen hurts. The number six pick, the number 38 pick, the number 84 pick. So the Eagles one, two, one of their threes, a one next year, a two, the year after, and honestly, it's probably going to be a one next year and a one the year after. How do you build a football team? I was going to say, is the point is not to ravage your team for the sake right. of a franchise quarterback. It's suppo- You're supposed to find that fit. And as much as I love Deshaun Watson, and, and, and I expect him to absolutely uh, lock in a team to turn the corner, he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not the, the quintessential quarterback free agent. Again, he is very much a lock to for a team to turn the corner. He is that good. Is he? Is he? Because I mean, his <laughs> his team had the third worst record in football last year. I mean, the 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 film watching will tell you that he couldn't have played any better. And you know, they got as far as they needed to get based on you know him, the individual talent of him at quarterback, which is hard to say yeah. in in football. So I will say that, and that has to weigh in terms of what it would look like on another team. But I am closer to at least entertaining your question of Issy than I am closer to saying your question is absolutely absurd. And that's yeah. what I mean about what's happening with Deshaun Watson. At this point now, the fact that they haven't traded him is is making him seem more, uh, more of an asset than he actually may be. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they're missing their window, too. And it's just it, the longer this lingers, you know, I, I think yesterday it came out that he would prefer not to play in New York or Miami. Well, you know, those are the teams that have high draft picks. So yeah, why would you even say that if you're Deshaun? And I, and I, and I, I mean that with with no, no, you know, rhetorical nature. It's like 
you want out, mm-hmm. you know, the situation in, in Houston is more than just um, it being a bad team. So I don't think you should be cutting your ties on teams that may not ha- be ready to win or yeah. contend for the Super Bowl right now, but are completely and utterly showing or at least expressing that they're willing to get you and then put the pieces in place as opposed to Houston doing the exact opposite. Why would you shut the window or shut the door to teams like that? Yeah, I think he would, he'd prefer to play in Denver or San Francisco. And Hey, I understand wanting to play in San Francisco. There's a a lot of reasons. That's a good team with a good defense and in a very marketable city. Denver stinks. Like I don't, I don't see the benefit of Denver over, uh, you know, I don't see the benefit of Denver over Miami for sure. Why, why would you prefer Denver over Miami? Yeah, ah, I don't. I just don't get it. Is is and I, and I would have to look up. Maybe there's a coaching connection or something. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know that a lot of those Houston coaches were were getting promotions over the past couple of years. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe something down the line. But yeah. and maybe it's that whole like Denver Air thing that hasn't been mentioned in years actually. But um, no, I get are, the. Same are you system. are you an air truther? <laughs> <laughs> You don't buy it? You don't think altitude's a thing? I mean, it hasn't been a thing for so long these days. Maybe it was the talent. I don't know. (laughs) Just poor conditioning. I mean, that's what happens when you smoke a cigarette and do cocaine before the game. Sometimes your lung capacity isn't great. Now we have hyperbolic chambers and stuff like that. Hyperbaric chambers and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's not a thing. Who knows? But it's weird because it seems like he potentially puts Miami over the top. Yeah, he, he... he definitely he he's he's a he's he's a fit in some places better than others, but if a team and I'll say this if a team is willing to to put the pieces around you as a as an elite quarterback, no, you don't take everything coming your way. I'm not saying that, but come on, come on. Yeah, and the um the point I meant to make earlier when we were talking about the Patriots, if you're going to spend that money on Cam, like. I know like he's kind of a joke, but I also think he's a better quarterback. Why would you not just go and get Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's again, in these scenarios, Ryan Fitzpatrick is perfect. And I finally get it. I think I finally have the maturity to say, I completely understand why Ryan Fitzpatrick can be coveted and and has been. And so I don't know. I don't know why people aren't just sealing that, that part of uh, their depth chart up with a Ryan Fitzpatrick who's openly uh, admitted to wanting to contribute at a high level. So you're going to get a guy, obviously, that whether he starts or not, is going to help your football team. So I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. Uh, a lot of where the quarterbacks have ended up um, has surprised me. Oh, no, for sure. There have been a lot of weird moves in free agency so far. Um, man, I, 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 I do like Fitzpatrick in Washington in so much as I like it as a fit. I don't really like it. Well, I mean, who cares? The Eagles are going to suck. I have to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick beat us uh, twice a year now. But the the quarterback situation is a really interesting one. And obviously the Watson domino has to fall and the Sam Darnold domino has to fall, though. Uh, I think I saw an article today saying that people on the outside like Darnold a lot more than than people inside the NFL do with... uh, I don't want to misquote this. So I think it was on Roto World. Uh, And it was a very telling... It was a very telling tweet. No, it was uh, it, it was on Roto World, and this is pro football talk. Those are not the same thing, and that's hmm. 
that's the problem I'm running into right now is that they I went to a different website than the one I was looking for. But the quote here, and God, it moves down so fast as so much happens so quickly uh, in football right now. Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to paraphrase until I actually find it, if I actually find it. But the the saying was basically like an offensive coach from around the NFL said, uh, quote, he stinks, bro. <laughs> is I can get with this type of analysis. I am on board. Yeah, that's it's very high end. <laughs> like you know that this was not an offensive coordinator. It's like a strength and conditioning coach yeah. or something like that. <laughs> First, who well, they they edited they took that part out. Who? Oh yeah, he stinks, bro. Is the actual full quote. Um. The apparently the uh, the Seahawks have a very uh, high uh, high opinion of Darnold. And could be interested in uh, interested in him at some point, but you know they they turned down a giant package from the Bears. They wouldn't even engage the conversation. So I don't. Know. It's who knows. Maybe it's it going to have to be AFC, and that if that's what that's what that tells me. If if it's not telling me that they're not willing to trade um, Russell, which they haven't come out and said, then that just tells me they're not going to do it within the conference, or not trying to do it within the conference. Yeah, yeah, but to not even engage in that conversation is a little bit weird. You know, the asking price is like four first-round picks. So who knows, but the, I think the quarterback market is the one that, that has to fall into place, and I, and I think both of our teams are sort of are sort of being affected by it right now. I'm mm-hmm. sure you saw the reports that the expectation is that four quarterbacks will go in the top seven picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. Just today, the Eagles came out and said, huh, you know, we might be taking a quarterback at six. Uh, which is one of the like the worst smoke screens of all time. But yeah. at the same time, you know, somebody, I think, I think we agree at this point, barring a trade quarterbacks are going one and two, and it's going to be Lawrence and Wilson three is who knows. It's probably not a quarterback unless Watson gets traded to the Watson gets traded to the dolphins, in which case then this is probably a quarterback and I should also point out that the Texans did sign notable bridge quarterback and kingmaker Tyrod Taylor yes. uh, to their to their roster. Taylor responsible for launching the careers of some of the NFL's best young quarterbacks right now, as it was his injury that led the way to Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, and I believe Josh Allen yes. getting their NFL starts. <laughs> so if you are if you have a young quarterback, you want Tyrod Taylor and just let him play until he gets hurt, and you're guaranteed to have a good player uh, coming up behind him. But that would be three. The but okay, so we'll we'll say that deal isn't made. That's two right now. The Falcons have been. I mean, they just restructured Matt Ryan's contract. They took his cap hit from like 41 this year to something like 27, pushing a bunch of guaranteed money onto 2022. So they're locked into him for at least two more seasons. Can't imagine they're going quarterback, despite the fact that I thought they would. Yeah. Uh, feels like it's a Kyle Pitts or I don't, I don't, I hate receiver for them, but who knows? Uh, it seems like a weird allocation of of assets if they take a receiver, but who knows? Bengals have to protect Joe Burrow. So it, it'll be Sewell or Slater. That brings the Eagles up. They're an obvious trade candidate to get either QB3 or QB4 in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And then the the Lions right behind are in a really good position, either as a trade candidate to get that last of the four, the big four quarterbacks, or in a position where you know, you're getting your choice of either of the Alabama receivers probably. 
Right, right. So I'm actually pretty happy. I Something about the Falcons, it didn't seem like the Falcons were ready to move on from Matt Ryan. Yeah. I feel like it would have, it would have began uh, the the end of last season, and and then been at its at its highest peak um, up to this point. So makes sense. One more year. Um, well, definitely two more years. You know, definitely two more years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they might be able to squeeze out this whole. You know, there, there's just a different thing going on. See Jordan Love, for example. Yeah, but, that's um, true. Yeah, I am. I'm happy with where the Lions are. I, I am curious. Uh, you mentioned just with the the lock with um, uh, Lawrence and, and Wilson, and I'm just very, very curious to see how that plays out after the first eight weeks of the season. Um, what do you mean? Just with where Wilson sits, um, you know, now as a lock for for the number two quarterback. Yeah, it seems like by all accounts, Joe Douglas is enamored with him, the the Jets GM. But you know, it's also it's also five weeks before the draft, so it's BS time, or six weeks before the draft. So we're gonna—it's yeah. gonna be a lot of smoke screens from here on out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm here. I mean, it's—it's it's becoming one of those things that the smoke screen becomes such a consensus that it happens. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just really interested in that. But it benefits benefits the Lions, puts us in a good place. It's—it's uh, it's actually similar similar to last year in the in the sense that you really can't miss. Um, so whoever their guy is now is probably the guy who is going to be. Well, do you think the Falcons have the balls to take their future quarterback and let him sit for two years a la Aaron Rodgers? Do I think they have the balls? Way to word that because, you know, there is some wisdom in doing it. Do yeah, the Falcons you don't get gonna... opportunities like this very often. You don't, where you can remain a contender and the transition can be smooth. No, I don't think the Falcons make that move and—, and you know, I noticed them. you didn't phrase it the way I did. <laughs> I just don't think they do have it, but uh, yeah. Because I mean, if you, if you're looking at Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and you think, oh well, especially Trey Lance, right? Oh, this guy's not ready right now. <sighs> you know, there are worse things in a two-year master class sitting under Matt Ryan. Exactly, exactly, and you also not to be underrated. Matt Ryan's probably going to do a pretty decent job at the whole grooming intentionally or unintentionally i think he's yeah. he's a guy that's not gonna you know sabotage a young kid or 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 ignore you know the or, or ignore the awareness of there's a young guy behind me and right. where am i at in my career and the, but i guess there's also the loyalty factor because it is kind of a screw you to matt ryan much like the patriots uh, the packers are known to do to aaron Rodgers and not get him weapons you know ryan won the mvp for you six years ago and doesn't hasn't he earned the right to be surrounded with weapons to give him the best chance to succeed? Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense there. I'm I'm you know I'm a giant Kyle Pitts fan. Yeah, one more go of it offensively, sure. Seal up something with with the with the defensive uh, stopping the run on the defensive end, but yeah, you definitely and I think this is the loyalty move. I think that's what we're seeing is that the Falcons uh, do not feel that Matt Ryan is the reason why they've. Uh, falling short and uh, they see no reason in penalizing him or or even uh, presenting any sort of, of jaded uh, scenario in his direction so I could see a Pitts or another playmaker that makes uh, his last couple years um, another another opportunity to quote-unquote run all right so let's say it's Lawrence Wilson chase to the Dolphins Pitts to the Falcons Sewell to the Bengals uh, Eagles trade for you know QB three goes to goes to the uh, the spot that was formerly the Eagles pick, and we'll say that's Fields. 
Lions sitting there at at seven. Lance is on the board. Mac Jones is on the board. Both Alabama receivers are on the board. Are you taking a receiver or are you trading down to somebody who wants that fourth QB? Um, I absolutely expect them to trade down, and mm. I would agree with that. I'm trading down. Uh, as, again, like I said, as much as Pitts is good faith, and again, we've talked about him before, is as much of instant – uh, offense as you can get from a rookie or expect to get from a rookie, I think it's not the greatest need and that you can help the overall squad by just finding some some fly around guys or, or some or, or someone strong um to to shore up the defense. Mm. Any of the any of these signings really shock you so far? We're not we don't not gonna be here for too much longer, but any of these free agent signings shock you so far? Has there been one where it's like Holy shit! Other than the the couple of minutes when we all thought Taysom Hill signed a four year, hundred and forty million dollar contract, I mean, no, nothing absolutely shocking. One that I'm, I guess, leaning in uh, or doing a, some dance of leaning in, shrugging um, is is a recent, a, a relatively recent signing, and that's my man AJ Green to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I would like to know more about it. You know, what's the thought process there? What it, uh, good old Cliff say to AJ, um, but maybe, you know, getting out of the cold uh, loosens up the knees a bit. I just don't know what the direction the offense is going if they are saying, look, we want to make sure you get um, your targets, your mid-range targets, and we'll, you know, cap your career uh, in, in, in the best way possible. Um, but I just don't see a lot of benefit for the Cardinals. I do see it a little bit on the um, on the on his end, but I'm just like, hmm. Where is this going to go? It's not it, 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 I, it's not the fit that I thought uh, AJ was was personally looking for. Yeah, one year around $8 million. And I think the other significant aspect of this is that this this really says goodbye, Larry Fitzgerald. It does, man. It does. I You know, you got to hope that guy stays around football because he is just, that is such a smart football mind. I think he will. I think he will. And it's any any opportunity he's had uh, either in the booth or analysis. It's been like you said, great A. So I think he will. I think he's smart. I think he's well connected and well respected in the in the league in the network. So if he's not if he's not somewhere talking to us, I think that the Cardinals are smart enough to keep him around and make him an asset uh, within the, the organization. All right, four receivers currently available: Will Fuller, Kenny Galladay, Curtis Samuel, and Juju Smith Schuster. Give me your order for average money per year for those guys. Who's getting the most money? Galladay's getting the most money for sure. Even even though he's three years older than Juju. Absolutely. I think what I think a team would think is that they can get a, a big bang for your buck with a guy like Galladay, Galladay mm-hmm. uh, within those two or three years. Because um, I, I expect him to boom. Um, and fizzle out. I don't think it'll be a, a steep decline, but I think he will boom for the next couple of years. I mean, his, his his the way he was trending before he was disinterested in Detroit was pretty impressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, then money wise, give me, I think give me overpaying for Fuller. Okay, it's just the speed aspect. Yeah, I think someone will, same thing that got him drafted where he was. To be yeah. honest, um, give me. Um, Samuel next. Samuel's so interesting just because he is another guy who is extraordinarily fast, but his his yards per catch has never been high. Yeah, I don't think he has embraced being an over the top guy 
Yeah. And that shows in his game. I think he's much more, like you mentioned earlier, interested in being an, an all or not all around. That's not the right word. He's kind of a toy. He's to- kind of exactly. A toy. Better, yeah. better, better description. And I think he, you know, wants to be that. I think he's seen what uh, people think Tyreek is doing, yeah. which is not that. Tyreek is transitioning into a receiver uh, who can make plays in other ways. But uh, I think he he relishes that, and and which is why he comes in at fourth on this list because it diminishes uh, what his top value can be. I don't think he's really showing us that. Like, geez, you make you make it scary to play man against you. Uh, yeah. He hasn't gotten there yet. So give me give me him fourth and Juju being underpaid at third. I actually think uh, he'll end up staying in Pittsburgh. I think it looks like Samuel was a 4.3140 guy. He, I'll tell you what, I I really like this guy. And I, I know there's not probably not a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I were a team, even if I were a team that was a little while away, he's someone I'm comfortable rebuilding with because he is only 24. I think he provides a, a degree of dynamicism to an offense mm-hmm. that the you know, other receivers just don't bring. And I, I'm absolutely betting on Curtis Samuel. I think it's crazy. I think it is absolutely crazy that he did not end up in the place where he would have been perfect. Although maybe he would have been perfect with Tom Brady uh, in, <laughs> in new England in that offense, because he just seems like that's the kind of guy who has excelled there. He, he, he could be Edelman plus if Edelman was Built like a fire hydrant and ran a four three forty. Exactly, and I'm unsure. I'm also unsure why the Patriots aren't seeing him as that. Yeah. Uh. So maybe there's just so much we don't know. But no, he's he's a- absolutely going to be a guy that uh, once he's signed, uh, depending on the fit, I can't go absolutely here. But mm-hmm. there's a high likelihood that he'll actually um start to really produce um in a way that that you know, the potential says or the potential warrants. I can see that happening quick. Hey, he can come to Philadelphia to play with Deshaun Watson. Oh my gosh, year. that would be fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Uh, can we, Juju, do we just, I've said this before, but doesn't it just feel like he's fated to sign a giant deal with the Jets and be a disappointment? I think wherever he signs, especially if it's if it's elsewhere, but even if it's It's going to be elsewhere. <laughs> it's, it's, um... It's bound for disappointment. I think he's a culture guy, culture fit guy who, you know, again, I think as crazy as Antonio Brown was, his football lens is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. And Juju's just not that guy. And he's going to go somewhere where there's the culture isn't going to bring the best out of him. He's already not like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah I can see money, responsibility, volume underachieving i'm not 100 percent sure how you make it happen with their cap situation but i would love to see the fit of juju in green bay Ooh, now see that would be one of the few well yeah give him a superstar quarterback and figure it out but in, in the superstar quarterback will figure it out i'm sure right. i actually <laughs> right. think um you know and, and i say this i whisper this because you know in the in, in nfl circles especially receivers um from what i understand Adams is is just looked upon very highly, and I get mm-hmm. that he is a technician route running wise. But man, if I could just name uh, someone who's I believe just so overrated, it would be Devonte Adams hmm. every time. Now I'm Shots not saying fired. He's, he's I'm not saying he's not quality, but when he gets put up, the, the discussions are him one or two in, in the league, and it just boggles me sometimes because 
Aaron Rodgers has been an incredible support for what he's been able sure. to do. So uh, some sometimes that's what I'm looking at, but maybe just the the, the technician side of it um, p- puts him up there. Well, that's the thing. We it, it's impossible to look at wide receivers and compare them in a vacuum because the great X factor is the level of quarterback they're playing with and the offense that they're playing in. So it's it's hard to say that. And I'm I'm using these as examples for the only reason that I I know both of their numbers offhand, not comparing them as players. <laughs> it's difficult to say a player like Curtis Samuel, who had 77 catches last year in an offense that did not suit him, is better or worse than a player like Devontae Adams, who had 115 catches in an offense that fed him perfectly and force fed him the ball. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. That's the... The, the non-equitable <laughs> assertion we just continue to put on some of these top guys, the top, top guys that I know some, I, I get a little I get a little queasy about. Well, I think there's a level of, uh, of built-in, I'm better than them anyway, I should be getting paid that money. And hey, I, I'm with it. I think Thank you should be getting paid that money too, buddy. Thank you. I don't, it's not too late. I need okay. Well, if you're if you're ready, if you're ready to work the circuit, I'll let you. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, we'll we'll get look. I I, I I could be in the area in a couple of months, so we'll get together. We'll start doing two a days. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get the timing down, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We might have to start in the fan controlled football league next year, but we'll see where it goes from there. <laughs> oh man. All right, done deal. Uh, That's going to be it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Uh, For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Forwardell. Thanks for listening. We will see you back here next time.